to Simpler. We are three pastors, husbands, and fathers on a journey to make life simpler by holding Jesus as the core for every belief and practice. This journey has shaped us to be more like Christ, freed us from the shame of failure, and encouraged us to a deeper love of our Lord and God. We invite you to join us in the discussions that have shaped and continue to shape our lives. I remember back when when I was painting, uh, there was they would build the scaffolding systems. They'd, they'd roll up and they'd have a truck just full of all the mm-hmm. pipes and all the, the little connecting joints and stuff. And I remember saying, what's that? And they were like, it's what we're going to climb on today, buddy. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then they built the whole thing and there was a, it was a two-story house, but in the living room, they, the ceiling went all the way to the oh, top wow. of the second story. It's a massive high ceiling. And and they were like, all right, buddy, you climb up to the top. You're going to help me out up there. And I was like, I was 15. No. I was like, no, I'm not. I was like, I'm not doing that. And I was like, I get, I, I think I told him like, I get paid the little bucks to be here. And he yeah. was like, he's like, me and you have the same rate, boy. And then I felt bad for him. Does he <laughs> really? Like, yeah. So me and him are both making $6 an hour to, I mean, this is. Back when minimum wage was, well, I guess minimum wage is still, it's still, yeah. <laughs> All right, it's no, seven, it's seven whatever is, now, yeah. So it's seven twenty five now, or is, is it seven, just that? I, I think it so. was eight something here. No, uh, well, maybe, maybe they've set a standard. I think the the federal standard is at least seven twenty five. Oh, but maybe Texas has raised that a little Who bit. Who cares about the federal standard? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it's five twenty five. So we were making seventy five cents more an hour. But I was like, dude, you. You're like a full-grown man with a family and stuff. I'm just a 15-year-old. You should be making some more money. You probably just got out of jail. <laughs> probably did, yeah. But anyway, he was like, we make the same money. And I was like, well, I got stuff to do down here. So I went and sat into the kitchen and started See sanding. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Peace. I'm not climbing this thing that I watched you put together as you were smoking. Like, I don't care enough to fall to my death today. <laughs> so thankfully, nobody died. But I also never didn't step foot on that thing. Never did step foot. I never. I never did step foot. I never. I never did, boy. I ain't climbing no scaffolding. I only know what. Damn near scaffolding. (laughs) Never climbed that thing. So the other day, I know that this is it's uh, stereotypical to talk about the weather, but two nights ago, (laughs) I had the most fun night on my back porch. It was eighty-five degrees and windy instead of eighty-five degrees and hellacious. Like it was. I don't know if at this time of year, just we're slowly cooling off. But golly, dude, July was so bad that it's hot. That uh, the fake space company, NASA, (laughs) (laughs) said it was the hottest month Earth's ever had, at least since 1880. I was in Colorado for a little bit of it. Dude. It was was actually warmer in Colorado. Well, I say warmer. It was, you're hoping it's in the 70s, -hmm. and it was like in the upper 80s. Oh, come on, Colorado. It was like 49 at night, though. When we went to to Seattle, which is known for raining, it didn't rain a drop while we were there. Hmm. It was just 85 degrees every single day, which was nice. We got to see everything, but no rain. Well, hey, everybody, let's step on over to the PCC. Let's go see what's going on in Pierce's Culture Corner. So this summer, uh, my friend Elon Musk rebranded Twitter to X. And I didn't know what that meant because I feel like the, I feel like the way that Elon Musk has been portrayed when it comes to Twitter is just kind of like flying by the seat of his pants. It feels that way. I know that can't be true when you spend 44 or completely true when you spend 44 billion dollars on something like there's right this seems to be some sort of intentionality so at the very beginning so much of the intentionality was based off of freedom of speech like having a social media site where you're not going to get uh get banned or get or get uh i forget what they called it ryan what was it shadow yeah shadow banned shadow banned so where it's like you're not really a banned account but nobody's gonna see what you're posting anyway so yeah. like just these different things that happen. And especially in the heat of like in the political climate and also all the COVID stuff going on. Like if you've mentioned anything about sickness or COVID, like your, your post was flagged or you were shut down. So like even just discussing public health, like social media accounts were shutting down really quickly. And so Elon Musk stepped in and was like, nah, like we're going to let people essentially do whatever. And so there's been a lot of talk about ethically, how do we handle that? Cause just in society, we don't necessarily allow violent hate speech so how does that translate to social media and i shouldn't say allow but like it's frowned upon i guess Mm -hmm. it's a good way to say it like you can get kicked out of places if you're being very violent hateful even with your speech that's an interesting statement how does that what What you just said that in society we don't allow violent hate speech what i should have said is we like there's there's maybe a societal code of ethics where it's like if you're spouting off hate speech in public i think that's like i mean it can't be the case if you watch 2020 that's true. Yeah, you're talking about you. I'm talking about my, my bubble. In my bubble, there's a level yeah, of like. I don't think that's across the board. I just feel uh, like. Nor do it, I, I think it nor depends do I, who's in control as to decide well, what hate speech even is. That's you true. guys yeah. are actually both just acknowledging that you don't actually think we have free speech in the U.S. Then. Yeah, if there's no, well, I don't think we do. Well, I think <laughs> we do. I think you both have like. I think you both have like probably bought into the lie that we don't. Okay, gotcha. 
So like, well, help. Well, now I kind of want to understand that a little bit. So like, help me understand. So like, the, what I'm what I'm thinking of is like a perspective. If I walk into H E B and I start screaming racial slurs or, or for threatening yeah, violence yeah. and things like that, am I, I am I just okay to do that? Or in San Angelo, it? Texas. Yeah. So I guess because like, it's my point is like that happens all over the country outside of where we're at. And yeah. there's people in California walking out of stores with, with yeah. like merchandise. Stealing stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not being. There's no code of like. This is a little bit like what you're saying, Ryan, that you think not free speech, but like that is actually allowed in California now. Yeah. Because it's not, it's only, it's not even a misdemeanor for up to a certain amount of right. dollars. That you, so that's what I'm saying mm-hmm. is like, um, I think you're right in our area. I got you. No yeah, one yeah. in our part of the country is going to walk into a store and just start yelling well, stuff. And, and there's not going to, there's going to be, even if the store doesn't do anything, there's going to be people that are going to be like, dude, you need to shut up. And yeah, 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 there'll be some yeah, sort yeah of that's, that's more, it's more of, I'm thinking it's like more of society, but that's not acknowledging. Like, I think my point is that's not the U S I got you okay, across cool. the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I shouldn't say that, but so either way for what, however the, the standard might be for, so Elon Musk is saying, I don't want there to be a standard for, yeah. for what speech should be on this site. And, but I was looking into like, what, so what is the, what is the bigger picture? What's the plan? And so he's had some tweets and some statements and interviews and stuff like that. So with rebranding to X, apparently he bought X.com years ago <laughs> and he's had X as a big part of his kind of branding as Elon Musk. He's got SpaceX. SpaceX. He's got Model X was one of the first Tesla yeah. models. So he liked his son is named X, um, which is like the X, A3, then a bunch of Roman numerals, but it's just pronounced X, I learned. Oh, good. That's way uh, easier to pronounce. I know, right? So he said this, I believe this was a tweet, like it's a long he's an tweet. Alien. He is. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said Twitter was acquired by X Corp both to ensure both freedom of speech as an accelerant for X, which is going to be the everything. I didn't know there was an X Corp. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> which is, uh, he says, X X is the everything app. Uh, he says the Twitter name made sense when it was just 140 characters going back and forth like birds tweeting. But now you can post almost, almost anything, including several hours of video. In the months to come, we will add comprehensive communications and the ability to conduct your entire financial world. And they didn't, they didn't elaborate on that. So I wonder what they mean by an entire financial world. Sketchy. Seems like it, right? (laughs) So then he said, in the same same interview, Musk has been vocal about the goal of turning Twitter into a super app, something like China's WeChat. That's disgusting. And WeChat, so I didn't know what WeChat was. Oh, that's awful. WeChat provides text messaging, voice messaging, broadcasting to many type of messaging, as well as video conferencing, video games, mobile payment, sharing photographs and videos and location sharing. And they also talk about how with, is it Twitter Blue, the subscription service? Oh, They yeah. said that with having the subscription service, they're looking forward to being able to pay creators as well. So having trying to get creators over to X as well. They so just a did low, a payout to, recently. To, I just saw someone post that they just got a payout from, from X or from to Twitter. To creators and yeah, people yeah, on That's cool. Tweet. So it sounds like they've started it. That's or maybe cool. that might've been a test, kind of like how Instagram ruled, like <laughs> got us to start posting reels. And yeah. they were like, no, nah, no like, more money. Mind. Yeah, we're going to take that away from you. Dang. So, do you have to pay for it or is it just premium that you pay for? You pay like for that? premium, but there's okay. different levels of it. So the free Twitter, you can look at, there's a certain number of tweets you can look at a day. And then as you're scrolling through your feed, I haven't reached that yet, but as you're scrolling through your feed, it'll say, come back tomorrow. Essentially. I don't know what the, gotcha. I haven't, what? I haven't seen screenshots either. So I wonder how true that is, but I read posts about like the different tiers of Twitter essentially where like, then you'll pay X amount I to just have unlimited get on tomorrow tweets. And like start <laughs> doing just this. Keep, scroll just keep scrolling. Yeah. yeah. So then there's a level of like, there's a level where you can like see as many tweets as you want. And then there's the like verif- verified highest level where you have access to all the premium stuff. You can share. One of the things they were doing was sharing like full length movies. Huh. And so, uh, so the Daily Wire actually shared um, what is a woman and its entirety and was just getting That's it. Right. Yeah. They were, they were like, we're going to start this on a legal way of sharing our video. And so uh, people were taking advantage of it. And then the, then the video got taken down because of hate speech. And so they're like, Hey, Elon, this is the whole reason why you did all this. So yeah. Yeah. it was a fun little back and forth. There was a screenshot I saw yesterday. A guy had posted that his mom had sent him. And you know, when you get a pop-up on your phone that says Apple pay, just yeah, yeah, yeah. this or whatever, it said, uh, eight from Apple pay to X premium. And the mom sends him that screenshot <laughs> and she goes, she goes, I don't know what you're putting on our card, but this is not allowed in our home. And you, <laughs> you cannot, know that. you can't have an X premium account. <laughs> He's like, it's Twitter mom. He goes, it's, just, it's not, it's not porn. That's it's, hilarious. That's so funny. He should pull up a can of corn. <laughs> yeah, that's no. what I got. This is all I buy, mom. 
So anyway, I'm curious where this goes because you're right. It seems super to 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 compare the future of it to China's app WeChat. Like this feels this feels sketchy just in its surface level. Like what's the goal? Some of his other teams said that they're looking at like forty another forty to fifty billion dollars to build the infrastructure of what he wow. even wants. So curious how long. Curious. Uh, how it'll take pants. I wanted to start the conversation here and then maybe in a year or two, we're going to talk about the downfall of technology because of Elon Musk. Or we'll all have flip phones next year. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We'll all be off the grid. We'll record in a different spot each week. So anyway. I would 100% um, do that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was on Cammy the other day. Sorry, quick side note. Like, uh-huh. After that, did y'all see that song, Richmond, North of Richmond? Yeah, I finally mm-hmm. saw it. Um, that was good. But like, there is, he's basically just writing a song about the chaos of our corrupt government yeah, yeah, yeah it's not quite that blatant but yeah it yeah. kind of is i guess yeah. <laughs> anyways i told cami i was like the people are finally like saying we have we've had enough mm-hmm. of this woke progressive movement and i mean it's not really much like you just wrote a song and it went viral <laughs> on x but like i told i told her i was like i would 100 percent be like the head of a revolution like i'd you be don't. that guy that would be like screw <laughs> the system bring it on yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not part of your system not part of your system can't buy me hot dog hot man. dog man <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> I threw it on the ground. <laughs> well, Ryan, what are we talking about today, man? Hey, Pierce. Today we are going to talk about what it really means to be saved or how we come to be saved. And uh, we three at least grew up in a culture where a lot of it was you say a sinner's prayer or you ask Jesus into your heart that those were kind of given as the standard, I want to say, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, those were given as the standard for mm. salvation. And so today we want to talk about what it is that really saves us and and why that matters. But Ryan, doesn't just saying the right words save us? Well, actually, Pierce, no, it doesn't. Golly, you're what? worse and worse, what? man. <laughs> Don't do this to me, man. No one, no one saw that coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one knew that you were going to be wrong again. Uh, every week, Pierce, every week. Um, every week. Yeah, so... It's interesting because I did grow up in a culture where at the end of every service, a sinner's prayer was offered um, as to the origin of a sinner's prayer. The, there's There does not seem to be a universal uh, prayer, although the language is very similar across the board. And so some people attribute it to um, some lines out of Pilgrim's Progress. There was a hymn that, uh, that George Whitfield wrote that people borrowed from for the sinner's prayer. And so essentially the sinner's prayer will say something along the lines. Let me see if I can find it here. I'm not going to be able to find it now. There it is. So Billy Graham's was probably the most famous. He was probably considered the most famous evangelist of the 20th century. And so this version got put in a lot of Bibles, I think. Uh, and, and you'll find it in your old Bibles in the back or the front, whatever. And they'll just say, Hey, here's the sinner's prayer. And so Billy Graham's was dear Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and savior in your name. Amen. The buses will wait. The buses will wait. (laughs) And so, so there's, there's this mindset that's saying that prayer. And unfortunately, what was taught a lot is if you say that prayer, you're saved. And mm-hmm. I, re- I remember being at church camps uh, as a student and then later as a, as a preacher where people would say something to a young person who was like, man, I'm just not sure I'm saved. And they would ask, the question that they would ask isn't what do you believe about Jesus? The question that they would ask is, did you ever pray the prayer? Yeah. yeah. And the person would be like, yeah, I prayed the prayer. And they're like, oh, you're good then. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, what has happened is we have reduced salvation to saying some words yeah. that if you've said these words, this was, this was a lot like what my dad kind of thought about himself that, you know, I, I said these words a long time ago. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. And when I would t- confront him about his walk with Christ, which was non-existent because he would tell me like, I don't want to be different. I don't care to change. He, he would keep going back to a time he prayed this prayer on my mom's back porch when they were dating. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I, I, he goes, you weren't there. He goes, I, well, he, yeah, if you just want to get into somebody's pants like that, that's <laughs> But he said, uh, I mean, let's be honest. There's a lot of people who've done that. Yes. Oh yeah. There's people been a, like going to date a girl and she's like, I can't date you if you're not a believer. Yeah. And so, prayer, okay. And, yeah. Say a prayer. Yeah. And so if we believe that the saying of the prayer is what has the weight mm-hmm. rather than than faith in who Christ is, or this idea of just ask for forgiveness. The we don't see anywhere in the scripture, unless you're using First John one nine out of context, we don't see anywhere in scripture that asking forgiveness of mm-hmm. Jesus is the means by which we receive salvation. 
What we do see is that there's a call for the people who are hearing the gospel preached to repent. That phrase is used a lot, repent mm-hmm. and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You believe in what he's done. Almost every preaching of this that we see in the book of Acts uh, deals with his death and his resurrection. So yep. those are components, key components. And his resurrection being, I think, super significant based on 1 Corinthians 15, that if Christ isn't raised from the dead, where our preaching is worthless and our faith is worthless. Mm-hmm. So believing that Christ died, believing that he was raised from the dead, and then the result of that is that you receive forgiveness. Yes. Um, and so forgiveness is received as a part of this salvific process, but it's not us asking for forgiveness that saves us. And I think a lot of times people put all of their confidence in some words that they said rather than what they really believe about Jesus. And I think that's that's detrimental and probably very dangerous. I've gotten, uh, well, I've said kicked out. I've, there are places who've n- never asked me to come back and I've heard through the grapevine it was because I said this. That if you believe that a sinner's prayer saves you, or maybe more specific, if you believe that just saying this phrase, mm-hmm. this group of words saves you, that's basically witchcraft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And because- people are like, what? Are you saying the sinner's prayer is witchcraft? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying the content is. Yeah. I'm not saying that, like, if your heart actually is believing what you're saying, that that's witchcraft. What I'm saying is if, you're, if your perspective, completely this, if your perspective is, I say this set of words and this action comes from that, right. that is in essence like a seance set yeah. situation where you're yeah, like you're chanting and casting <laughs> spells. And yeah. Yeah. That's what that is. So, so what we're not saying, and Micah just, I think said this clearly, but we are not saying that those weren't the words you use when you genuinely put your faith in Christ. yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, it can't be just the words themselves. Yeah, we had somebody who, I think we had had a discussion either at a camp or something about that, about just this, the way that our culture views a sinner's prayer. And somebody came up to us uh, afterward and talked about how like how they were worried that they weren't saved now. And I was like, well, explain to me the situation. Like, what happened? And he was like, well, and he walked through a situation at a camp. And he said, well, do you, the person who was, who was leading him to Christ explained the gospel and everything, he said, um, he was like, well, uh, now, now just like, just put your faith in Jesus. He's like, well, what does that look like? And they talked about belief and stuff like that. And they said, do you want to pray with me? And the, the guy was like, I have no idea how to pray. And so with the other guy who, who, who had them at sinner's prayer memorized, didn't, he didn't want to lead him in the sinner's prayer, but he was like, well, these good content of like, <laughs> yeah. Christ, I'm a sinner. I, I, I believe in you hey. for that. You can forgive me. So he used the words of the sinner's prayer to help teach this it's, guy how to talk. It's interesting to God. that you said that guy's response was, do you want to pray with me? Mm-hmm. It's still Which like is still uh, sinner prayer stuff. Yeah. Well, even if it's not the sinner's prayer, it's still like we're gonna pray and that's to solidify the, the faith. So yeah. that's moving in another step. I think my my issue has always been that there is some kind of like action besides belief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no problem if if someone says like, man, I'd like to just thank God for what He's done for me. A hundred percent. But to, and, but to tell that person, hey. Let's let's make let's sure this out. is right by you praying. <laughs> yeah. Because How about I just ask them what they believe. Because yeah. then what people do is they put all their confidence in the prayer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I prayed. Yeah. And and the problem is that in the book of Acts and even in Paul's letters, there isn't there isn't a single example. When Peter preaches and the people say, What do we need to do? He said, believe. Mm-hmm. He, and he doesn't then lead them in a prayer afterwards, you know, like standing in front of the multitudes and go, Okay, now repeat this prayer after me. I I've I've been in Micah, you've been, uh, as a worship pastor, you've been in camps where the preacher gets up and at the end of his sermon, he says, now everybody repeat this prayer after me or whatever. I went to a wedding once where the pastor asked everybody in the church to repeat the prayer after him. And he said, literally what the pastor said is great. If you've just said that for the first time, you're a brand new Christian today. And that's what we're talking about. That's not salvation. No. Just getting people to say some words after Mm -hmm. you. And, And it's super, super dangerous that there are a lot of people walking around this idea of ask Jesus into your heart. Mm-hmm. Like nowhere in the scripture does that occur. Yeah. And, and so it, it comes from uh, the previous couple hundred years, 1800s, 1900s, where people were trying, I think, to say the right thing. And they were saying, look, this, this walk with Christ, loving the Lord can't just be lip service. It can't just be something that you say you're about. It has to be, it has to come from the heart. It has to be sincere. And that kind of language eventually kind of morphed into, no, you need to ask him into your heart. Like it it originated with a good intent, I think, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then it, it got reduced down to, for little kids, you say, look, just pray and ask Jesus into your heart. Ask Jesus to take away your sins and ask him into your heart and you're saved. And, and there's, there's nothing in that about the cross or the resurrection of Christ. Yep. It's just say these words mm-hmm. and it's incredibly detrimental. It's what, what worries me about it is I had a, 
a video recently that I posted on my YouTube just saying, you know, the Bible is true and good and right, and it is trustworthy. I said, but we are biased, and we come to the Bible with bias. And I said, so we put our faith in Jesus and posted the video. A guy, a pastor, comments on my video and says, he says, well, faith can't be sure of anything. He goes, we're not actually sure. He goes, that's why we have faith. He goes, you can't be sure of the things of the Bible. That's He's why we have faith. definitely never preached through Hebrews. Yeah. No, yeah. Right? <laughs> and and then he said this. He said, we won't know until we die if what we believe was real. He said, because either that'll be the end of everything or we'll step into glory. And he goes, because that's faith. And so for him. How does he know from his perspective, how does he know that he'll even have the ability to know anything? You won't. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, from that's his so perspective. Stupid. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, so, why is that the one premise he's sure of that I'll have the mental capacity still to like recognize something one way or the other? As I'm dying and I go into black. Oh, oh crap. It was all. <laughs> but. But the problem is he's saying that that's faith and that's, that's a whole nother thing too. But like, there are a lot of Christians today that say faith, um, is, is what we hope for. We don't know for sure, but we hope for, which like you said, Micah is contrary to Hebrews 11. hundred percent. Yeah. I think what we've been coming to is like, we realize that there are probably a lot fewer people in the United States, at least who call themselves Christians that actually are actually are. Yeah. yeah. It's probably a smaller, very, very small group of people. I mean, I think even within churches, that are good churches, there's probably a lot less people than we think that are actually believers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, to be clear, who have actually said, um, I put my faith in Jesus in what he accomplished at the cross in his death and what he accomplished in his resurrection that I believe he's alive. I mean, I think it's as simple as Romans 10. Mm -hmm. It's super simple, right? Yeah. So like something shifted in me a decade ago. So referencing Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, uh, you'll be saved. Um, he quotes in Romans 10, Joel, that all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Mm -hmm. And and what's interesting is I'll have conversations with people. I'll explain to them who Christ is, what he's accomplished on the cross, his death, his resurrection. And I'll ask them, I said, do you believe that? And they'll say yes. And I'll say, this idea, confess that he is Lord, the idea in the Greek is to agree with what God has said. The mm -hmm. idea of confession means to agree with. And so God is declaring by his death and resurrection that Jesus is Lord. Yeah. He has shown that Jesus is Lord. And our confession that Jesus is Lord is saying, God, I agree with you about Jesus, that he mm -hmm. is Lord. And I said, does that make sense to you? And they'll say, yes. And I'm like, is that a confession that you'd be willing to make? And they're like, yeah, man, I want Jesus to be my Lord. And then I'll say, well, do you believe he was raised from the dead? And they'll say, yeah. And I'm like, then based on your confession, you're, you're a believer. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. it's, it, it, it's Ryan, you got to get him to pray. I know. <laughs> so, so then we, because what people do is they go, Oh, well then based on your confession, let's pray this prayer so you can be saved. Mm -hmm. That's what we've done. We've yeah, added yeah, the yeah. sinner's prayer. Like you, I forget how you said it a minute ago, Micah, but it's the thing that we added on that like, Oh, okay. You believe all these things. Okay. So now pray this prayer so you can be saved. No, it, the, the understanding that Christ is Lord, that he is God and the understanding of his death and his resurrection and our, or, or I would even say that based on Romans 10, the confession of that. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. like this, I think what, maybe what, here's yeah, my guess. Because it's not just mental understanding. No, no, no. Yeah. And here's my guess is that probably the sinner's prayer perspective is that there needs to be some kind of moment of confession. Yeah. If you will, like where I am actually proclaiming, because it's mm -hmm. not just, I believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus. I believe that through that, I'm proclaiming that he is he's Yahweh. Lord. Yeah. That he's Lord, that he is God, that he's king, all the things that yep. are encompassed in that, in that word. Yep. And so like, it can't just be like, I believe he died for my sins. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, right. totally. This is a confession. Like the idea of proclaiming, uh, confessing Jesus as Lord is in essence saying, I am, I am proclaiming that there are no other gods. There's no other kings yes. that my life is no longer my own. Yes. You see what I'm saying? There's all these things 100%. encompassed in that. So my guess is that the sinner's prayer was intended like that there was a group of people who were like, we got to get people to come to that place of confession. So let's make it, let's yeah. program this confession yeah, yeah, yeah. so that it can be yeah. a, uh, something we can count, Yeah, which is how Southern Baptists do it. We yeah. want to be able to count it. So um, <laughs> I, I think that the important part of that is the, is, is the belief that those things are true. And then it's the, based on Romans 10, I would say it's the confession of Jesus yeah. as Lord. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And, and I think that it's one of those things that we, what we've done is, first of all, salvation is simple. Mm -hmm. It really is simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think that we've been like, oh, we need to make it simpler. So just say these words. And what we've done inadvertently is we've, 
Well, yeah, and we've we've actually given people false false confidence. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. We yeah. we've given people a confidence that they're saved because they said a prayer or because they asked Jesus to forgive them, mm-hmm. when neither of those are standards in the Scripture. Yep. But our belief in who Jesus is, what He's accomplished, and our confession that He's Lord to that to that point, Micah, it's interesting to me because you're right. So we've made this confession that Jesus is Lord. We believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And then to have this pastor comment and say, but we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you have not confessed Christ as Lord. If you're no. still sitting there going, man, I'm I'm on the fence. There was a book years ago that I read. Uh, I was following a guy on Twitter or Facebook back when I was still on Twitter. And and it's X. I know. <laughs> X prime. We spent like five minutes on this, Ryan. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But I wasn't on X. I was on Twitter. True. Oh, yeah. fair. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. super fair. Good point. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, and so this guy was asking people to review his book before it came out. I read it. It was garbage. Um, <laughs> he used so many scriptures out of place. But, but one of the things that he said in his book was, and this guy was a pastor at this point in Amarillo. I have no idea where he is now. This was 10 years ago. And he, he said in his book, he goes, we can't be certain that there really is a God in heaven. And he goes, but that's the beautiful thing about faith. And then he quotes Hebrews 11, 1, faith is being sure of what you hope for, certain of what you do not see. And, and he said this, he goes, I'm not certain of anything. He goes, but I sure hope I'm right. And that's what Hebrews 11 is all about, that we would hope we're right. Wow. And he goes, I don't know if my prayers even make it past my ceiling or if there's anyone in heaven who even hears me, but that's the plight of being a Christian. And it's not, that is not the, that is not Jesus as Lord. That's, that's, that is. You know, what's funny is he doesn't realize that's actually him as Lord. Yeah, it totally is. He's basically saying, I am the center of truth in the universe. Yep. And, and what's crazy about that is that there are people who are walking around calling themselves Christians going, but I'm not sure it's real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're not a Christian. No, no. And, and if you're walking around like my, he's not anymore because he's dead. But if you were walking around like my dad saying, well, I said this prayer, it's not the prayer that saves you. Now, I, I will say this. It, my mom led me through some version of a prayer when I was three years old. Mm-hmm. Me too. And my mom led you through a prayer. When he too? was three years old. <laughs> Weird. It was like 20 I, years after that for I, you. But like, I didn't know that you I was knew my three, mom. <laughs> you were three, then 20 years later, I was three. That's so right. uh, let me through it. My mom led me through some version of a prayer, probably very similar to what was being taught at the time. This yep. was 1979. And, and I, for me, in that moment, what I was doing was putting all of my confidence, all of my hope in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I haven't looked back. Um, I haven't had a moment since then where I've been like, well, maybe this isn't the real thing. Maybe this, like everything in my life has, has been with the conviction that Christ is real, Yeah, that he died, that he's God, that he's creator, that he's coming back again, that his death and his resurrection through those works and my faith in him, his, his work on the cross, that salvation is applied. Like all of that has been part of my belief. Now, have I come to know the Bible a lot better since three? Yeah. Have I, I mean, at three years old, I was so impassioned. I had this huge, I still have it. I had this huge kid's Bible and I would see other people in the church underline in their Bibles. So I, I got mine out and I started underlining in my Bible one day. I was three. Yeah. I was supposed to be napping and there were big pictures and I would in the margins try to draw those pictures because I thought those pictures were probably super important. And I got in so much trouble for writing in my Bible. You, what? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to say because you weren't napping. No, I got in so much trouble for writing in my Bible because, you know, mm-hmm. it's 70s and you're not supposed to write and stuff, but whatever. Anyway, uh, but for me, it's it's never shifted. I have fallen more and more in love. With what you're Christ. saying is, there's a lot of people who have said the prayer who are actually saved, genuinely yeah. saved, because, not because they said the prayer, but be not not because, because of the they words. Put faith in Jesus yeah. and His death and in His resurrection, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and are confessing Him as Lord. Yeah, right. So it's, I think that's an important point to make because I think there's a lot of people, Pierce, you were talking about a second ago, who probably would hear a, this conversation and yeah. go, "Maybe I'm not saved." Yeah. Oh crap. Yep. And. And let me just reiterate something we've said a few times on this podcast. Super important though. Who yeah. who cares about the past? Yeah. What we're asking now is what do you believe now about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you can do you believe in, in his death and resurrection? Do you confess him as Lord? Yeah. Right now. So whether or not you were saved at three, we're not you can figure that out later. Yeah. What you're really worried about now is like what do you believe about Jesus now? I think yeah. that's the point. You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. is what do you confess about Jesus right now? I, I think it's, uh, yeah, because I think what people do to your point, Micah, is they hold really tightly to a prayer that they said, and then they agonize over whether or not that was the real thing. Yeah. And that's a waste of energy. Yeah. It's, you're going to lose sleep over it. It's going to yep. stress you out. 
today, what do you believe about Christ? Right. And if you believe that he is Lord, if you if you have put faith in his death and his resurrection, then does it really matter if you were three or does it matter right. if it was yesterday, mm-hmm. today? And authentic faith, despite what apparently preachers will say about it and write books about, authentic faith isn't sitting here going, but maybe. Mm-hmm. Like authentic faith keeps driving you into the heart of Christ, mm-hmm. keeps moving you further and further into a position where you enjoy him yeah. more and love him more. I, I was watching a, yeah. a video clip just this morning, uh, right before you guys came to pick me up and and it was a Paul Washer clip. And he was just saying, he said, the thing that that we need to continue to preach to Christians is the glory and the greatness of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And he goes, as we, as, as we, as Christians come to understand better the glory and the greatness of Christ, as that is developed in us more, it causes us to love him more and to mm-hmm. delight in him more and to move away from our sins and to like th- what, what we mm-hmm. continue to preach is Christ. Yep. And what we continue to preach to the heart of the believer is Christ. Yeah. And, and we show people Jesus, but don't don't let your confidence rest in some words you said. Mm. It, it's it's what what you say about who Christ is. Here's a here's a maybe a little touchy point. I think there's a lot of parenting from Christian parents who, for the sake of their own feelings, want to point to a point <laughs> want to point to want to <laughs> point to a time when their kids put faith in Jesus sure. and rest in that. Listen, I, I all four of my I've baptized all four of my kids. Yeah. Um, They've all professed faith in Christ. It doesn't mean I don't still have conversations with them. Sure. And I want to have some more, like more intense conversations soon about like, I want to know what you believe about Jesus. Cause I don't want to hold on to um, something that that happened. Well, I don't don't think that was, I was already past that point with my kids of like the prayer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But like, I I don't want to assume that because this happened then. Right. That, that that's the reality. Like what we've seen through the years is there's people in churches who are able to fit the culture yeah. who aren't actually believers. Yeah. So you could say like, Oh, I see things in their life that look like fruit. And yeah, in retrospect, thinking about one specific person, I, I can see how all those things may have looked like fruit and weren't, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Which yeah. I feel like was the tension Hindsight. for me. Yeah. 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 But like, I think, and so maybe I'm better at it now. Like maybe, maybe I'm better at like recognizing those things. Now, my point is like parents don't just be confident of a point in time when you think your kids put faith in Jesus, yeah. like continue to have the conversation like Paul Washer saying about yeah. Jesus, because one of two things that's going to happen, either they're going to go, holy crap, I've never actually put faith in Jesus and they mm-hmm. will. Yeah. Or they're, if they have put faith in Jesus, they're going to continue to live life for his glory because they recognize that there's nothing better, nothing more satisfying. Than yeah. That. yeah. Well, two, two really quick things. One, um, had a buddy who he kind of, he was the first one that rattled me on this and it, it was in college. And I really appreciate that he rattled me on this, but he was like, I don't, I don't have a day written in the front of my Bible of when I put faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. He goes, best I can, I've narrowed it down to a two year span. <laughs> and he goes, I was going to church. I was studying. I was understanding more and more. And he goes somewhere along the way, I was like, man, this is Jesus. Yeah. And, and he goes, I don't, I don't know when that happened. There was a moment in time though obviously that it happened, but I can't narrow it down any better than this. But, but the other thing is like, when, when it's about words to your point, Micah, like people can look the part, but not actually be Christians. Right. I I think we see that even in Matthew seven, where Jesus Mm. says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the, the point that he makes, cause right prior to that is why does the road that leads to destruction narrows the road that leads to life. And then he says, he says, you'll be able to tell them by their fruits, which is really interesting because he's talking about those who are false. Yep. He's not talking about those who are true. And then he says, so not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. What's unfortunate is when we make Christianity about the prayer rather than about faith in Christ, then it, it the prayer comes with a system that we invite people into. And so we say, okay, mm. say this prayer. And then discipleship is the next step we do. And so we say, here's what that looks like. Go to church pray, mm-hmm. read your Bible. So now somebody said a prayer and they're mm-hmm. going to church and they're praying and they're reading their Bible. And because of those things, they're like, I'm a Christian. You ask them if they're a Christian, they're like, yeah, I said a prayer. And you're like, well, how do you know it was real? Because I go to church, I read it. And then they learn avoid- sin avoidance. And they learn sin avoidance mm-hmm. uh, or at least shame over their sin. Like I'm supposed yeah. to be ashamed of it. But but none of that is really Christ. All of that is right. you. Mm-hmm. All of that is what you've it's a done. program. Yeah. And, and so if... It, the mistake I think that that uh, modern, uh, I don't know, modern evangelical kind of teaching has done is we've said say these prayer and then walk this way, behave this way, do these things. Rather, it, it's it's almost like 
and I said it a minute ago, but like what we, what we need to do is show people Jesus. This is what you, this is what you are being asked to believe about Jesus. This is what you're being asked to put your faith in, to confess him as Lord. And, and that means that if he's Lord, if he's God, as you said a moment ago, Micah, he's God, he's Yahweh, he's creator, then we're not, mm-hmm. we're servant to him. We serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then instead of going, now here's the form we say, here's more Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Which, what's funny is the people create the form because they're scared of people jumping back into the way they were before. Yeah, yeah exactly. And what you yeah. see in the New Testament is that those people who've put faith in Jesus have become brand new. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that when you're, when your heart is set on Jesus or more specifically Galatians five, when you're walking by the spirit that now resides in you as yeah. part of the body of Christ, that you, your life will look different. You will produce the fruit of the spirit yeah. and not the fruit of the flesh. So like, why, I don't understand why we're scared of that. Like, like I know that Calvin and Zwingli created the third use of the law idea because the people in Geneva were so bad. Yeah. It was like a form. It was a program to control the people and keep them from diving into sin. When, yeah. So I'm assuming this is Paul Washer's point. If you just point people towards Jesus, the result of that will be that those things will start to fade to the, to the wayside. Like yeah. if we really want people to live life that's apart from sin, the goal is not to teach them not to sin. The goal is to, to just point them towards Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. And here's my question to all those people who would disagree with that. Why is that not enough? Yeah. Tell me, why is Jesus not enough? I want to hear it. I sent this video to you and Pierce this morning. Uh, and it's always encouraging when we hear like old timers, like mm-hmm. say some of these things, let's see if it'll load. Was that like guys in their fifties? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He knows old <laughs> That's guys. almost me. That's almost me. <laughs> so uh, I don't know if I can get it to load, but this guy, he says, uh, he says, walk by the spirit. He goes, that's what we're supposed to do is walk by the spirit. And he says, if I have learned anything in all my years of following Christ, it is that Holiness does not lead us to Christ. Christ leads us to holiness. Mm, that's good. Right? The Bible says, there he goes. In the spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. If I have learned one thing in all my Christian life, it is this precious friend that holiness is not the way to Christ. Christ is the way to holiness. That's not Billy Graham? Uh, it might be. He's it, got the same it, accent. Yeah, it's he's very young in this clip. Got I mean, it. very, very young. Yeah. And, and so that Christ is the way to holiness. And so like it, we, we teach people say these words and you're a Christian. Then we teach people do these things and you're a Christian. I mean, really that's what we're teaching. Mm-hmm. And, and we are giving, <laughs> we are, we are setting people up for failure Yeah, mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people who are going, Oh yeah. But here, here's also this whole stupid deconstruction thing where mm-hmm. people are like, well, I, I've decided. And what's super funny to me is it, what's super funny to me is they'll say, I really was a Christian, but I'm not anymore. Yeah. They'll say, I really was. And they're basing it off of the prayer that they prayed and following the pattern. Yeah. But not really what they believed it's about It's so funny Christ. to me that that's a premise. Like, I why, know. why do you want that? Here's the only reason that would have to be, you would want that to be a premise is if you were trying to change what Christianity actually is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's weird. You, You're right. They're trying to defend what they were, but they don't care about it anymore. I think yeah. it's because there's something in the back, uh, opinion. Mm-hmm. My thought is there's something in the back of their mind that knows that that's something that has value. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like, they're still trying to create that value in their life. Well, yeah. I, I really was a Christian, but I realized there's some issues with it. Yeah, well, yeah, see, yeah. I, I think that, I think that that's my guess on it or my feeling on it is that for them, it's just a system that they put in place. Yeah. When and, it, and now like, here's the faultiness with this system. I used to be part of this system, but now I'm not anymore. And I think it goes I found back, a better system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it goes back to about how everything we're talking about, which is probably where you're going, but like about the, the, the sinner's prayer, like this, well, I did, I did that. So I was a Christian. I, I, yeah. I, I did all the membership requirements. Yeah. I said the prayer. I and did I showed this. up at church and, and I, I, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, I think a lot of those people are having like parents and friends who like hate them like your whole life was a lie and they're like no no no, no. i was really in it so they're trying to like maybe it's a small percentage yeah. but i've seen some people try to like soothe yeah. their parents yeah. and be like i really was like that, i really was that's committed what I'm talking about is like yeah. there's something in their life where they feel some need to show the value in there yeah yeah I, it, what it all it all it shows is that you didn't understand was accomplished gospel. through faith in jesus exactly like, yeah. yeah what salvation start, really is yeah i'm gonna start carrying around a bottle of pickles and <laughs> yeah hand it to him and be like hey when should you turn this back into cucumber that's right yeah dude. I mean, because that's the picture, right? And that's and that's what's so crazy is that like people think that Christianity can be undone, and if Christianity can be undone, then it wasn't Christianity. Yeah, because you exactly. don't actually believe that Jesus is that powerful. No, mm-hmm. because if you're saying I am more powerful than Jesus, exactly. Yeah, if for, I can undo what Jesus did in my life, then Jesus yeah. is not actually more powerful than me. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The 
it's crazy to me, the pickle example, for those of you who don't know, um, it's talking about being baptized and being immersed, the difference of being baptized and being, uh, sorry, and being washed. The and, difference between being dipped and being immersed. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like the, there, was a, there was a Greek word that meant to wash, uh, like when Pilate washed his hands, he just dipped his hands in the water and washed it. And then there's immersed. And this idea of being baptized into Christ, and we're not talking about water baptism. I think we've done a podcast on that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you can go back and listen to that. But uh, being immersed into the person and the work of Christ, like yeah. by faith, being immersed into that. And Nicander, who walked the planet 200 years before Christ walked the planet, um, unless you count the angel of the Lord, which was probably Christ. But anyway, that, come on, man. I know. Come on, dude. So it says <laughs> what you would do is you would bapto, you would bapto a cucumber in boiling water. That's mm-hmm. dip it. And then you would baptize it in vinegar until its character was changed. So the Greek understanding of the word baptize is the character is changed and it can't be undone. Like mm-hmm. you said, Micah, mm-hmm. pickled cucumber does not turn back into a cucumber. It can't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we've, we've been changed and we're not looking back. We're not going back. We're not doubting it. We're not. But also, our, here's the thing. If somebody were to come to you and say, are you a Christian? And your confidence, hear me, your confidence is, your, your answer is, yeah, I, I said this prayer. Yeah, I go to such and such a church. Yeah, I read my Bible every day. You are in danger because mm-hmm. none of those are the measure by which you're a Christian. None of those are Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And, and so if, if your gut response is to answer about a prayer you prayed or you asked forgiveness of your sins and your answer isn't, here's who Christ is. Mm-hmm. This is what I believe and know to be true about Jesus. And here's what God's done for me through Jesus. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I well, think it's fine to talk about you in, in what God has done for you as long as you're not the center. From the perspective of who Christ is and what he's accomplished. Yeah, yeah for is, sure. That's actually the gospel is yeah. what God has redeemed, which is us. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why when forgiveness is mentioned in salvific text in Acts, it is the result of having believed in Christ. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's not that there isn't a conversation for forgiveness. It's just not. It's, it's not our work. That's yeah. where the people miss it. Yeah. Because that's what you're saying. If I've prayed for forgiveness, mm-hmm. I have actually worked for forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's actually what we're, we're in this conversation. We're stripping out anything that we do in, yes. the, in the conversation of salvation. Yeah. If someone wants to say putting faith in Jesus is a work, that's a whole separate yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean like, well, John 6, Jesus, because they say, what good work was, must we do to be says, saved? And he says, faith. believe. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. I, yeah so. Okay, if you want to make that one thing, fine. But, what, but we're, what, we're, that, yeah. what we're saying is like, there's nothing in the work of salvation that we're actually doing. Right. Um, so right. we're basically just acknowledging we, we believe in Jesus and his death and his resurrection and confessing him right. as Lord. That is the means by which all the other stuff happens. That's a means by which forgiveness comes. It's a means by which redemption comes. It's a means by which I made a child of God and made right with God again. It's yeah. a means by which I'm given the spirit. So like, we all those all the means over here for some reason we want to put those in the action yeah right. by saying a prayer well say you got to you got to ask forgiveness for your sins mm-hmm. um no like i'm still i'm still waiting for someone to give us a good answer on that like yeah, where yeah. in the scripture is that uh, because first john um which the correct context of first john 1 9 is if we confess with our mouth that jesus is lord and Sorry, that's <laughs> if we, this is the confess. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins yeah. and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's it's if we agree with God about our sinfulness, yeah. which is in He's like He's not being quite as concise as Paul is in Romans ten about yeah. salvation, but He's saying like if you if you are acknowledging, if you will, God as Savior mm-hmm. by by acknowledging your sinfulness, then what God does is He forgives you of your Absolutely. sinfulness. So yeah, like it's yeah. it's God who forgives you yeah. of your sin. It's not you asking. Yeah, yeah. It's you acknowledging mm-hmm. who God is and who you are. Yeah. And then letting God do that work. And I think that's where people miss it. Is it's like it, yeah. none of that's our work. The means yeah. is all what happens when you put faith in Jesus. I've been trying to shift a lot of that language with our young adults specifically. Like we've been talking a lot about salvation, a lot about um, actions and works that come along that the tidying up the language if that makes sense. Like everything you just did. And and one of the things that I that I really encourage them to do is that it is, it's our nature. I shouldn't say, I, don't, I hate that phrasing. It's, um, it's normal for us in culture if we wrong somebody to go and ask for forgiveness, yeah. to explain at that moment, like even, even if you don't throw, like if, if I were to wrong one of you guys, like I know everything would be okay, but we'd have to have a conversation. So like there's an aspect of, the, of that part of our understanding of relationships, but that's not how we apply it to God completely. But there's still an aspect where we want to talk to God about it. So I was like, I was like, go pray, like go pray. 
but in, but change your language to, hey, God, I've been begging for forgiveness. Like I used to do when I was 18. I'd drive around town, just beg God to forgive me for these <laughs> things I'd done. I said, instead of doing that, thank God for forgiveness. Like say, mm. God, thank you that this doesn't define me. And and then and then allow allow that conviction uh, or, or lay that conviction before God and say, hey, help me to, to yeah. have the strength. Next time this comes up, I want to have the strength to honor you. I want to have the yeah. strength to represent you. So take, so, and I think if we switch, especially in our prayer life, that's so, that's so vulnerable and so intimate with how we, we, how we talk to God, so much of the language that we use in that environment is going to shape our understanding of God. And so yeah. if we can change our language there and yeah. say, God, thank you for forgiveness, instead of begging God for forgiveness, that gives us a proper understanding of what he's actually done. That's yeah. a great And we point can still that. have that conversation with God. Yeah, well, well, how you say it shapes how you think about it. Exactly, yeah. So something interesting I just thought about when you're talking about the normality of us asking for forgiveness if we wrong each other. Yeah. The implication is that there's a relationship. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. how can you ask for forgiveness and we don't have a relationship with somebody? Yeah, exactly, yeah. If you are divided with God, if you are an enemy of God mm-hmm. prior to salvation, how are you planning on asking for forgiveness from someone you don't have a relationship with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a little anecdotal, but like yeah. it's at least part of the conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Point being all this like wrapped up, put together, if you will, is salvation comes through faith in Jesus. Absolutely. Yes. That's it. So it's simple. Listen, listen to this statement by the guy I was quoting earlier, his garbage book. But anyway, he says, <laughs> this is an interview he did. This has been a little while back, but he says, I am a Christian. I've been a Christian most of my life, but there are times, a growing number of times, to be honest, when I'm not entirely sure I even believe in God there. I've said it. Is this the book we read in the 710? Yeah. So he reached out to you on Twitter. Uh, he put a deal on Twitter. I I responded. Oh, you responded to it. Okay, and cool. he sent me his book. I got you. And then I sent him some notes. That is a garbage book. It is a garbage <laughs> book. Yeah. Uh, so I, I am a Christian. Have been most of my life, but there are an increasing number of times I'm not even sure I believe in God. You cannot be a Christian and not believe in okay, God. Okay. You know. What, you know what we need to do. I'll tell you what we need to do is we actually need to acknowledge that there is a distinction between people who call themselves Christians and the people of faith. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a big. I think a big, uh, like point of discussion. Maybe we should have because mm. you, you even see people of faith through the Old Testament. So like none yes. of those people are called Christians. Christian. The word Christian didn't come out about until after Jesus had left as a yep. criticism for the people that were followers yeah, of Jesus. Yeah, the so. only three times it's used in the Bible is other people referencing people of faith. Right, so yeah. this is going to sound crazy. Part of me actually doesn't mind people who haven't put faith in Jesus calling themselves Christians. Because, From a cultural because standpoint? Yep, because there's this sense of the, like, um, mm. like the, where, it was a Constantine or his kid, I forget who it is, that, or the next, Constantine or the next emperor made Christianity like the the law, yeah. right? Sorry, Everybody Josh had Schultz, to be a you Christian. can clean that up, like whoever it was. <laughs> Somebody at one point yeah. institutionalized Christianity. <laughs> yeah. So from that perspective, I think there's a lot of people who are actually Christians mm-hmm. in name because yeah. they're following that pattern of institutionalized Christianity. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't really like people calling themselves Christians right. at that point. But my point is like, I, th- I think there are people who legitimately are Christians from that institutionalized cultural perspective, mm-hmm. and those are not the same people that are people of faith, is what yeah. I'm saying. I don't really want to just start calling people Christians as a negative, because I think our culture doesn't <laughs> want to know what to do no, with that. No, no, but right. yeah. I'm just saying, like, I, it bothers me when s- less when someone's like, I'm a Christian because of all these things that I've done on my own. Right. That's not faith. I'm, I'm like, well, maybe you're just like a Christian in terms of like the culture. institutionalized yeah, yeah, culture yeah. and not someone who's so like, I'm not even going to get into the weeds of that conversation. No. I'm just going to go to faith. But yes, just yeah. as a side note, like it's funny to me because we, we, for whatever reason, guard the word Christian as if it's faith. <laughs> Holy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, it's not, it was a, it's not, it was a criticism. It's not even something that yeah. like was meant to be. Well, Paul it, never addresses us as Christians. He addresses us no, as saints. saints. Yeah. yeah. What's interesting too, though, is that the three times it's used in the Bible, those people were recognizing something different about these followers. That's yeah, fair. like yeah. that's fair. So, so they were like, "Oh, you're little Christ. You're you're just like yeah. Jesus." And, and so, okay, actually, so I recant because actually, I would say that the institutionalization of Christianity is actually negating what those people were doing. Original intent was. So Agreed. now I'm bothered by it. But 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 here's the thing: language changes. That's yeah. fair, yeah. That's so, fair. so now you're waffling back and forth. So I, I don't, don't think I'm no Never mind. Now, now I'm pissed off about it again. No, but like, uh, it, now you're not pissed off about it again. So, I recant. I recant. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? Like, from a cultural perspective, Christianity has become a, a moral standard and a political affiliation. Yeah. 
from a cultural, I mean, at least a Western. Yeah, view. I was gonna say it's it's it. That's only reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but actually, that's not even true now. But recent, that's not even true now. No, it's, you're there's right. a whole lot of people that are Christians that are progressive left, and a whole lot that are like conservative right. That's true. Yeah, let's say call themselves Christians because we don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but the point being that like over the last fifty years, we've seen Christian. And what that means change mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. multiple times, yeah. which which shows us that it's that it is a culturally defined term now instead of a biblically defined yes. term, mm-hmm. yeah, because it keeps changing, it keeps shifting, right? And and so this idea that people are Christians, I mean, John First John two says if you don't acknowledge the Son, you don't acknowledge the Father, yeah. And there is this guy doing, uh, he's a Christian probably legitimately a Christian, going around and doing interviews on college campuses. I forget his name. I've seen his videos a dozen times or so. And he's on this college campus. He's talking to a young woman and he says, are you a Christian? She goes, oh yeah, I'm a hundred percent a Christian. And he goes, so do you believe what the Bible says about Jesus and what the Bible says about forgiveness? And she goes, oh no, the Bible's not relevant to anybody. <laughs> like, I don't believe those things about <laughs> Jesus. And he's, and he's like, well, why do you call yourself a Christian? And she's like, cause I am. And so there's something from her perspective that is Christian apart from Christ. Yeah. Now, now I do think that there are people who are like, well, no, my my Christianity has always been about Christ, um, and they're they're probably listening to this podcast and going, well, but wait a minute, am I really saved or am I not? And to your point again, Micah, like, what do you believe about Jesus today? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you saying about Christ right now? Does it really matter if the thing that you did at Vacation Bible School in 1989 was the thing? Yeah, or you know, like, or if your church, if your parents are members at so and so church, like I heard that so much. Like, yeah, 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 I'm a Christian. My parents took me to my parents took me. Oh to space. man, my parents go to here. So like it, the familial thing. Yes, which I learned recently. Uh, there's a friend or someone that went to our young adult group who uh, who's done some mission work. And she talked about that. She talked about how like in, in certain parts of the Middle East, there's identification cards and how based off like family lines, yeah. some people are Christians that have like they're identified as a Christian, like yeah. literally identified as it. No <laughs> idea what it means. It's that way in Indonesia too. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Your identification card, you're, you're allowed, I think maybe you're required to say like hmm. what religion you are. Religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that in this area, it was all based off like family. He had no idea, like the gospel didn't know anything, but that's what it said. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Here you go. Yep. It's like, his family. It's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, so, there's a lot of, I know I've heard this in Indonesia. There's a lot of quote unquote Christians that come from China to Indonesia and they, the Muslims there hate them because they brought in gambling and prostitution. <laughs> so like, that's why a lot of people from that part of the world associate, that are Muslims associate Christianity with all these other things yeah. mm-hmm. is because the quote unquote, like cultural Christians, yeah. because it's their family line yeah. brought all that stuff in. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Which we have a way different version of it here, obviously, but still an under, like, because my parents did this, yep. therefore I'm a Christian yep. or whatever, because yeah. whatever. So it's still a misunderstanding what salvation is. It to- you know what's funny is. is like, it totally is still the institutionalization perspective. Like yeah. it's, it's, I want to, I want to belong to a group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, I want to have some I'm kind part of, of this ownership identity. Yeah. And so I'm going to, this is in this part of the country where a lot of people come from that family line of quote unquote Christians, even if they're not actually people of faith. Yeah. That is a lot easier thing culturally to say is no, 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 I am a Christian exactly. because people, there's a sense of respect. Like yeah, Ryan and yeah. I were, um, after your grandpa's funeral, we, we went and had lunch, mm-hmm. little quick staff meeting. We were like, Oh, Pierce isn't there. We're just going to go ahead and talk yeah. about Pierce. And <laughs> no, but we were, we, there was a table right next to us. Like I, you went to the bathroom and this couple that was at the table right next to us got up to leave. And the lady turned around and she goes, it is so nice to hear people about talking to, talking about God and not other things. And so like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know this lady, but there's a sense of respect in, in this culture. part of the country yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that comes from that association. And mm-hmm. we were having legit conversations about yeah, different theological stuff. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. she was probably like, I have no idea what they're talking about. But <laughs> point being, I think that this part of the country, there's some True. essence of that. So I think that yeah. it's, I, I think one of the greatest lies of the enemy throughout the centuries has been something that is close to the truth and not oh, in direct sure. opposition. Absolutely, so yeah. you see the institutionalization of the church and almost every time, probably every time I'm just given credit for the possibility there's not almost every time in that perspective of institutionalized Christianity, you see a works based gospel yep. where mm-hmm. it's me at the center. Here's yep. what I do. Here's what I've yep. done. Mm-hmm. And you do not see Jesus at the center of the gospel. Yeah. And I think that's the lie of the enemy. Yeah. yeah. Convince people they're Christians. They feel good about themselves because they're doing these things and not because they've actually put faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, and the question that I, w- I would want to ask for people who are like, well, I'm, I'm not sure, is why do we feel the need to so- hold so tightly 
mm-hmm. to to the prayer we prayed. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, I still think that I put my faith in Jesus at three. There was another really huge moment for me when I was 10, mm-hmm. um, where God really grew me and it would not hurt my feelings. If that's the moment that I actually put faith in Jesus, Yeah, it wouldn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> like it, because my faith is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. To be clear, it wouldn't hurt your, it, this isn't true, but it wouldn't hurt your feelings. If you recognize that yesterday you actually put your faith in Jesus. No, it wouldn't. You know, yeah, um, it, it would make it easier for the the days you said you weren't preaching very well. You'd be like, oh. <laughs> right? Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's one of these things that like what, what matters is faith in Christ. Yeah, yeah, why would I be bothered by the fact that I'm redeemed? Yeah, and, today and, and not yesterday, and, and that I came to a place where I understood that it wasn't just about some words that I said, and it wasn't just about conforming to a certain list of behaviors, but it was about a love and affection for Christ. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that, and I've said this to people a lot more probably in the last three or four years than I did in the first 25 years of preaching. I, I am, I am really convinced that if you are a follower of Christ, you are being conformed by the spirit into the likeness and the glory of God. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced of it. I'm convinced of it from the scripture. I, I'm convinced of it from everything. I, I don't think it is possible to be a genuine believer and have nothing in your life be moving in a Godward uh, trajectory. I just don't think it is. And and so when people say that, well, like, like again, I always use my dad, but my dad said, I am a Christian. I just don't care. I just don't want to be different. Yeah. I, I don't think that the Holy Spirit in you would allow that. Yeah, yeah, um, Like the Holy Spirit's job is to remind you who Christ is, remind mm-hmm. you what he's accomplished what and to said. lead you into holiness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and so like, it, the, the people who are like, I'm a Christian, but nothing in my life looks like Jesus. But, now I know what people are going to say. They're going to be like, well, I do go to church, you know, and I do the quiet time, but that's not what I mean. When, when I think of looking like Christ, I think of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think of an affection for Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think of an understanding of the Lordship of Jesus. Yeah. And I think we, well, I think we could say, I actually think it would be really simple. Like it's those yeah, things go. you mentioned. And then I think maybe like we should do a podcast on this sometime. We've been hinting at it for a while because I mm-hmm. think you're right that that we as believers, there is an, a sense where we are consistently moving towards Christ likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think where people are going to struggle is you're not actually creating a measure for that or a speed for that. Right. So your your speed's probably going to be a little bit quicker than somebody else's, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we create a measure that's not in the scripture. Now we're struggling because we're creating this system that's not there. So I actually think it's simpler. Like the reality is, is if you have the spirit, you have the ability to walk by the spirit and you have the ability to live life for the glory of God. Yep. I'm not convinced that everybody always does. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like there's, there's a sense of, I think the simplicity is we are moving in that direction as people who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Yeah. I've been given the spirit. Um, I think because there's so many things in the New Testament, Paul specifically do this thing, do this thing, set your minds on the things right. above. Like it's this instruction. Constant reminder. Those are not things that are implicit. Yeah. He's having to remind them to do mm-hmm. those things. You see what I'm saying? So I yeah. think there's an essence where that growth might look a little different. Yeah. If you have someone who's actually set in their minds on the things above, walking by the spirit, their life's going to look quite a bit different than someone who has been redeemed, that God is moving towards Christ likeness, but has not learned yet what it looks like to live in that way. Or yeah. their identity hasn't come to fully understand their identity yep. in Christ, those yep. kinds of things. Which yeah. we talked it's about a, a few episodes point. ago that like that's maybe a measure of maturity is the identity yeah. thing. Potentially the idea that like yes. how I view myself in terms of who I am in Christ could show at least maturity slash immaturity. Yeah. But one of the things that I want to clarify you with a question, like you, you've said that those people are still moving towards Christ. Yep. So if someone were to say, for example, that they've put their faith in Christ and then say, and I want nothing to do with anything of Christ. You're not a believer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, no, a hundred percent. I'm just saying, I think. No, I'm with you. I, that what we tend to do, not you, but what people tend to do is take what you, the statement you said. And so let's, and say, let's create a measure then for how we can tell if someone's actually a believer. That's great. And that's not the goal. No. So you, I appreciate you saying not me, but totally me, because in our talk the other day, when you and I had lunch without Pierce and we had to decide if we were going to keep him on staff I like, or not. I like that a lot. Uh, lunch without Pierce. Darren wasn't like, there either. So you're like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. game on, baby. So... I told you in that, and this is this would be a great podcast to do. But I told you, I said I don't think I pray very well. And oh you, yeah. You said you said well, the only reason that you would say that is if there's a standard that you think you need to achieve to be a good prayer. 
And and so we tend to measure whether or not we're good by measurable things. How yeah. often am I praying? How yeah. often am I reading my Bible? Yeah, How much yeah. did I read? Blah, 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 blah. And none of those are the things that actually measure whether or not we're followers of Christ. No, absolutely. So that would be a really great topic. Let's, let's do that one. Uh, um, we'll have you write that down since you're in charge. I already did. I already wrote it down. So yeah, let's let's shoot for that one for the 1st of September. I what think a, that would be great. What a brilliant point yeah, Micah just made, which we'll elaborate on that one. But like Paul, Paul writes harshly to to and there's, there's harsh points in most of his letters right but the only time where he's ever like this is this is a salvation questioning deal is when it comes to the gospels and stuff with galatians yeah. like if you're going to if you're going to go down this path of the law if you're going to go down this path of your own efforts and putting your trust in what you can do then that you know what that leads to like that leads to condemnation that leads to death like this is apart from christ this is outside of christ but every correction that he makes like in ephesians and colossians like these are behavioral type things from a standpoint of this is who you are in Christ. Not yeah. be, you need to, you need to change this or you won't be this in Christ yeah. because of who you are in Christ. These things have changed. Therefore act no, this way. Think yeah, this don't, way. Don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't act and think how you used to like that's of the world. Act and think like Jesus now because of who you are, which is truth. You that, have the ability to do that. Yeah, now. exactly. Yeah. Which is truth that we've, we've known and proclaimed for years, but it's so interesting when you put it exactly that way of like, of of there are people who who whose actions just may not line up with what we think Jesus looks like, but whenever we define Christianity by works, we've missed it. And so mm-hmm. you said that a few weeks ago as well. You had brought up a story about like somebody doing marijuana or something, and then you stopped and you said, if you begin to question their faith just because they've smoked marijuana, you're part of the problem too. And like which which Miller apparently really liked that. It was dude. It was Miller. It like, was really good. I saw I saw something. Oh, I think Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh, did he, did he share he that? Like, yeah, did he quote it? That's funny. <laughs> I think all it said was like, Micah's spitting, spitting something about marijuana. Dude, <laughs> like, that's right. Like, what yeah. is going on? Everybody's going to think I smoke now because <laughs> right. of Miller's comment. But, uh, but that, that made me realize, like, even though it's so much smaller than the past, there was tendencies that I, I still had that weren't defined. Like, if you were to corner me on it, I'd be like, well, yeah, that's dumb. But that forced me to corner myself on it. Mm. Those conversations did. So it made me think, especially my grandpa's passing, like, there was so much about my grandpa's life that I wouldn't say measured up to the worldly standard of Christianity, even my standard of what Christianity looked like, but he put faith in Jesus. Like I know, I know that he, based on the conversations we had have now, obviously I, I can't hundred percent judge his salvation or his sure. heart or his words, but taking him at his word, he trusts Jesus for salvation and yeah. he, and he put his faith in that. And he may have said a prayer probably back in the day well, when he was a kid. I have a stuff. feeling in, as old as your grandpa was when he died, like he's been alive so long. He was, he was part of that Christian culture that measured Christianity by a system. So I actually, what I meant earlier by like a lie of the enemy is not just the gospel, but also believe, I I think there's a lot of immature believers who aren't growing as quickly Mm -hmm. as they could be because they're stuck in this system of thinking, here's the things I have to do on my own merit, on my own work, or if you will, in my flesh, according to Galatians, to be someone who is holy instead of Instead of to Paul Washer's point, instead of just letting their life point towards Jesus, I have a feeling if your grandpa had, if someone had told him that, Mm -hmm. if you had been at this age now when your grandpa was in his 60s, I think in his 60s through his 90s, his life would have looked drastically different because you would have been able to say, Dewey, just focus on Jesus. Put all that stuff aside, focus on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Listen, here's some things Paul says. Here's some things the writers in the New Testament say about who we should be now. Let that be it instead of being like, you can't do this. I mean, I love yeah. that. I love that at Emmanuel Baptist Church, <laughs> you guys talked about poker over and over and over. My sister, my sister said ass. <laughs> she did say, she did say, what did she say? Ass she, hat? Uh, you don't want to half ass it. So you want to half ass it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was talking about Balaam's ass. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it's biblical. Yeah. So, but I, anyways, I think that, I think that's what it is. Like I, I obviously to your point, we can't judge that, but I think Ryan, Super interesting conversation because I think we tend to put a measure on those things. Yeah, like absolutely. we tend to put a measure. Yeah. Well, this person doesn't look like. Yeah. Well, to be honest, what we usually say is this person doesn't look like me. Don't yeah. use up all your content for that podcast. Yeah, I got plenty <laughs> of content for that one. Yeah, there's there's a. It's funny that I I don't keep going on it on a later date, but like there's been little things that I've had to I've had to embrace um, what God is doing in my life right now because there's little things that are being pointed out in my thinking that I'm like my first response is, Oh, I thought we were past, I thought we were past this. This seems so basic. But I think what it is, is we've in my mind, God has cleaned out so much of the big chunks of these things that there's still little crumbs of it yeah. lying around. There's still little bits of the language lying around that God's like, no, nope, let's get that rid of that. Well, let's I, get rid of that. Admittedly, I, I know this is for the other podcast. I had never thought about the prayer thing until you said that. Yeah. When you said it, it wasn't like something I've been stewing on. Yeah. You said, 
something like I'm not good at praying or something I still need to work on. And then it hit me. I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of little, I, I have a feeling till we're Dewey's age or before when we die, <laughs> yeah. we will be cleaning out. God's, the cl- God's sweeping up the little crumbs. <laughs> yeah. God's got the dust pan Which going I around. think is part of the growth process. Yeah, exactly. But one an, an analogy you used Ryan years ago was like uh, shining out dark corners in a room and like, exposing things as you kind of get to know Christ and stuff like that. And how, even as you're getting older, maybe the flashlight will turn a little bit and you're like, ah, I didn't know that was there and exposes yeah. even more. So same, same general thing, but yeah. One, la- one last thought on that. Um, there's a verse in Ephesians. Ephesians? Maybe. Uh, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's praying. I pray that. Yeah. Yeah. And Ephesians mm-hmm. is one, two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So the, the word <clears throat> dwell there means make a home. And so I'll give this, when I'm preaching through that verse, I'll give this illustration about this couch I used to have for, we got from um, Cammy's parents where I sat in this one spot over and over and it's happening again on my new couch too. But like I've sat there so long that it actually has an imprint of my butt in the couch. Yeah. And, and uh, I think, and I think there's a lot of people that need a Christ imprint. Well, that and for real, like yes. in their, in their hearts, Christ for real, to your couch? for real, like, but to be like, as, as an um, analogy, like, I think there's a lot of people who if you will, not literally, but like they're letting Christ in for not long enough to be able to make an imprint on their mm-hmm. heart in their mm-hmm. life. Like it's, it's like the little pieces here and there. And I think mm-hmm. until Paul's praying, I pray that Christ would dwell in your hearts through faith. Like yeah. this sense of like, let Jesus be the center of your life. Yeah. Let him be so core mm-hmm. that there's an imprint in your life of Jesus, whether, whether you're in a good time or a bad time where you're having a good moment or a bad moment, yeah. there's this imprint. And I think that's what people miss. Like we're trying so hard to do it on our own. Yeah even in salvation conversations that we're missing that this, it has to be Jesus is mm-hmm. the one who does. So I think it's simple because you're going to ask me a simpler am, yeah. perspective <laughs> of this is salvation comes through faith in Jesus. Easy. And we have to rest on simple. that. It's enough. It literally is it's enough. enough. And if you're in a system where you don't think it's enough because you can't count it, mm-hmm. screw you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Screw the system you're part first. of the problem. Yeah. I'll never get to preach another camp again after this episode. Come on, man. That's okay. I uh, I sat on Hannah's seat in the couch the other day, and I, I didn't like it. You didn't fit. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. So I I know I know I'm a big dude, but apparently I'm really big because that, that thing had so much bounce. I was like, what is this? Like bounce back up. I was like, okay, I need to get settled back in my spot. And I did. And also, there's there's not enough places to put things. I don't know how Hannah just lives. She's usually got like two babies on her and a bunch of other stuff balanced. I've got my little tray anyway. So that that's not really real. anyway. Yeah. Dwell. I dwell there. Dwell. Jesus. So thank you guys for listening to the Simpler Podcast. And as always, huge thank you to Steven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steven's doing some new ventures and stuff like that. So he just started with his wife, the 87 Realty Group. Um, and so if you're if you're interested, if you're in the San Angel area and you're interested in some real estate and stuff like that, reach out to Steven, uh, check him out, uh, research. Yeah, now 80- that's who you have to follow on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So what he's- is that? is that the year they were born? No, it's uh, the, for the highway. Highway 87. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. At least that's what he told me. Maybe, you know, he may be born in 87. Maybe it's both. Um, but anyway, yeah, go tell him that he's, uh, he's a cool cat. Say, thank you for making this sound good, man. You're so, you're so neato. And Hey, while you're on social media, follow at simpler pod, wherever you are, if you're watching this on YouTube, on Spotify, Google podcasts, wherever, be sure to hit subscribe. And, and man, the way that these algorithms work, you can copy a link, share it wherever, or sometimes you can just copy a link and it helps kind of boost the page. And so we want to continue. Send it to all the people you think will hate this podcast. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Send it to all the people who, you know, said the prayer when they were in sixth grade and be like, Hey man. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so thank you guys for checking out as always we're thankful so much for this community that we can continue these conversations going not just around this table but in our own lives through messages through hanging out through talking so thank you guys so much and as always keep christ as core what could be simpler than that catch y'all next week bye